0: Welcome in everybody. It is your game day preview. It is myself, Jake Burns, OBR Film Breakdown, All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, both of us here as you're, at least at this point, if you've been a long time listener, accustomed to these crossovers. Brad, we get together for, I don't know, man, this is going on like 30 of these episodes we've probably done done together now. It's uh, in the midst of a a Saturday where Ohio State loses to Michigan once again. Uh, Mm. I, I, I think that people don't show up for that opinion. Here, but uh, I, you know, I think we we both at least lean the direction of Ohio State. So, yeah, it, it feels like a crossroad moment for the program in Columbus here. Uh, to you're either sticking with Ryan Day in perpetuity, or you're you're going to make a big change. And you know, I thought today was sort of indicative of where Ohio State is. They couldn't make the toughness things happen at the end to win the game, and their quarterback who is. You know, I think Kyle is certainly not an unplayable player. I mean, he can play. It's just he's not the level that they've had there over the last decade or two of athlete, of of thrower. And you see where that kind of catches up with you. So they're in a weird spot in Ohio State. What do, what do you think they're going to do, man?
1: Um, I would hope that they would. It, it's not that I'm like a Ryan Dake fan or anything. It's just... He hasn't lost any. Game. I understand the impact of losing Michigan, but he hasn't lost any games outside of Michigan or the playoff. So to lose your job without doing that is pretty rough, man. I mean, like because the guys before him would lose. You know, I think uh, every you know they lose one to Purdue every once in now and then, or you know get upset by Indiana or so, you know what I mean, like one game. Yeah, a even Tressel. Tressel had yeah. those.
0: Obviously, the the year with. With Fickle was was rough, where they were in such a weird spot with the quarterback situation, right? And then, you know, you're talking about another year or two, when Cooper was fired, they were hovering around five hundred, seven and five, yeah. I think is what those two years were. So yeah, but it's a different time, different era of the program, and it seems like people are, you know, Ohio State expectations are certainly steep. I mean, you're watching <laughs> Alabama and. Nick Saban should have had their second loss two years in a row. I mean, oh this that that unbelievable outcome against Auburn sort of saves what could have been two straight years of two losses. And they they could yeah. still have their second loss, but I I, I get I get the uh, frustration from people, but I always kind of warn about the Phil Fulmer stuff, man. Where yep. you know you can you can be bad, right? You know you can feel like you're bad, but things can always get worse
1: if you mistake a hire. And I think you're always kind of worried about that here a little bit. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would give him one year in the new format, and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, that's probably where they're going. I don't think they're going to go anything sudden here. I don't think yeah. there's a. I also don't know who. Like, are you calling Dan Landing at Oregon? Like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you hiring? I don't think there's some slam dunk hire. People are talking about Vrabel as if Vrabel is like some lock to leave the NFL, and it's like. I don't. If you really could get, get yeah,
1: if you could get Vrabel, I don't think he's going to be available. If you could get him, I would say go for it, right? But I don't think he's leaving. I I really don't think he's leaving either.
0: That's not the hunch I get, at least. So, yeah. yeah, good luck on that, man. I don't know what direction it goes. It's it's a tough spot. I mean, Harbaugh started what like zero for five Ohio State. The difference between Harbaugh and Ryan Day, though, being that Harbaugh had taken programs like Stanford and yes. some others to, to really high levels. You know, obviously went to the Super Bowl. He'd had a background, a pedigree of winning, and it was a matter of time and they figured it out. Whereas in this situation, Ryan Day was hired for his first head coaching job with Ohio State, so it's a little tricky. So uh, It's a big decision in Columbus, but losing this game year over year, three straight, gets spicy. Let's switch to the NFL, though, Brad. We get the, the Browns and the Broncos. Some of you who are longtime Browns fans, this is a more meaningful game to you than some of the newer Browns fans. There is not that you know uh i guess <laughs> just straight 1980s yeah. cognizance of what's gone on the, the way the broncos ripped the browns heart out in two straight seasons so again like i i told my my parents on the phone like this one means more to you guys than me the browns have been um you know okay against the broncos recently and the broncos are i think riding like a six season under 500 streak so they're not quite the franchise yeah. they were when they won the super bowl what is it now six uh, sorry seven eight years ago now so i think they won the super bowl had a nine and seven season and then they've had an under 500 run for a little bit here they're they're back to five and five though so this is a very meaningful game for both sides very. on a 405 kick so this is the second four o'clock kick the browns have had they had the same slot out in seattle they'll have the same slot with la um yep. so get used to this a little bit but it is supposed to be for a late
1: November Denver game, not bad weather wise, right, Brad? Yes. Yeah, so uh, originally people were talking about weather being a factor here, but by all accounts, I can't find anything that says any rain is expected. It looks like sunny, a high of 37. So late November in Denver, it uh, looks like it'll be a, a pretty, you know, tolerable, at least cold wise, and a nice day. Um, so. Uh, you know, obviously the altitude will play a factor for the Browns. Um, a little surprised they didn't go out there a little earlier. Uh, I yeah, I know. would say I would say the
0: same on that. I guess maybe they're holding off because they're staying, yeah, out there um, yeah. in between
1: uh, on, le- the on the left the
0: coast. But abhamation. yeah, I'm with you. It, yeah. we'll, we'll see how they handle the quick turnaround there on elevation because it is something you have to get used to. Broadcast crew is uh is fox right i believe not not a cbs afc crew so we, we're off
1: that train right yeah we're we're on to fox uh 405 as you said it's uh kevin kugler who i'm not real familiar with uh mark sanchez and then laura oakman who's done a couple super bowls i believe for them so uh, on the sideline She's kind of a big deal, I guess. But either way, you get uh, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez on this uh, call, which is different and hopefully better than the last Fox crew we got. Yeah, the,
0: the Vilma crew was so yeah. awful. Um, but a good good recognition of a, of a win in that moment. So, yeah, we'll see if Fox can come through again. Hopefully it works out. Good vibes all the way around. We'll see if they can take care of it. The, the Browns-Broncos all-time. Do you have that in front of you? I think it's – which way is that one tilted? It's 21-7 to 7, Denver. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to say that without knowing for sure. But, yeah, so um, recent-wise, though, it's a little better, I think.
1: Cleveland won the last two of three, yeah. And uh, they won – the the last one was Thursday night football – uh october 2021 1714 in cleveland if you recall and uh so that would have been baker i believe I th-
0: that was i think
1: that was case keenum
0: i think it was case keenum and teddy bridgewater in a very yep. weird game and um, could have uh, similar vibes on the scoreboard to this one but yeah that is who it uh, who it was if i recall correctly big d ernest johnson game if i recall it did. Public stage. Got a shout-out from LeBron. Uh, a yeah. big moment for him. You know, He's playing a little bit more in down in Jacksonville, but yeah, that is that is a Dearness Jackson game, so right on. All right, officiating crew for this one. We get Adrian Hill. Not a well-known name, but one you will
1: recognize. I think you said he did the last Browns-Broncos game, right, Brad? He did, strangely enough. That's the second time that's happened to us this year, where a guy uh, who, you know... I don't know these guys by name. We have to, you know, like you always say, you recognize them by picture. (laughs) Uh, I do. But, um, yeah, a second time, you know, in doing this research that, you know, Browns are playing like an NFC team or a team that is not regularly on their schedule. And that referee did the last time they met probably a couple years ago. So, strangely enough, he did that Thursday night game. So, um, here's what we got on Mr. Hill. So a little bit of a write-up here from Sharp this week on this game and Hill. So uh, pointing out some not great uh, trends for us here. So uh, there's no definitive edge here based on Hill's uh, career numbers. However, in the past two months, the home team is 6-1. So 6-1 in the last seven. So that's not great. But not a lot. Not a you know. If you zoom out, of course, Jake. There's nothing really there. But still, uh, a trend, uh, a little bit there. Um, the The concern here that is brought up is that uh, the Browns' um, home and away splits on holding offensive holding calls are from. Uh, excellent to very poor on the road, and that uh, Adrian Hill will get you for the the uh, holding offensive holding calls. So the Browns banged up offensive line and everything going on there. Something to keep an eye on here, as they've been much better at home in that category. Interestingly enough, very
0: um, interesting that is. Yeah. uh anytime holding calls get put into place, man. Yeah, those are so dicey because of. You know they they they're like they're like a sack. I mean, you know, I know you don't lose the down, but
1: they're every bit like a sack. So you know you don't like hearing that, especially. Uh, the other ones here are: is that Hill is above NFL average in defensive pass interference, defensive holding, and illegal contact calls, which is not great to hear, considering uh, the Browns uh, have been dinged for that a number of times in critical spots. You know, um, so. Hopefully that doesn't turn anything bad. And then they do note here that there is a, a trajectory uh, matching, you know, the Broncos penalty average uh, has coincided with their winning streak. So with the winning, their penalties have gone way down. So uh, versus the first four weeks of the season, uh, there's been a significant drop off uh, over the last six weeks course they've won four in a row, Jake, for the first time since 2015 sixteen season so mm-hmm. um, and they never. and they beat some
0: some teams that matter you know Packers Vikings chiefs uh, you chiefs know? and uh bills yeah they've they've beat some teams that matter but you're right it's very formulaic how they've done it. we'll talk about it after the break a little bit but um you know they have they have followed a very specific path let let's talk about real quick before we go. To uh, to break and, and and come back and talk about how the Browns have to get it done. The parlay, I know we were close last week. Oh, we are we are so close, heartbreaking, a couple times. But I think there's some some really really good ones this week that are setting up with some specific players. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so let's hit the overall betting first. His numbers kind of danced around on the Denver side, and I've listened to a couple. Uh, you know touts uh surprised that this number is on the denver side but it was two two and a half most of the week it's one and a half uh as we sit here now um so denver one and a half uh point favorite 37 over under it's gone up a little too on the over under probably with the weather change maybe i'm guessing Mm. um but yeah, plus one on the money line, plus 105 to Cleveland, uh, minus 125 to Denver. So a slight edge, you know, one and a half is kind of what we considered the the new uh, home away, right? When we talked about that. Now yeah. the home away here is maybe a little bit bigger than in other situations. So
0: All right, so there's a lot of belief in the Broncos. Maybe it's tied to Ward. Yeah. Maybe it's tied to secondary injuries. We'll see if the Browns are able to come It I think overcoming that is a a notch in the belt of a team looking to be historic defensively. You know, we've talked about, you know, the way in which they're trying to go about this thing. So I do, I don't mind Brad them being an underdog here because hopefully that can get the vibe
1: for them where it needs to be to, to be really successful. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I, I don't mind it either. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that they will come in with, uh, this is a, this is pivotal. I mean, everything becomes pivotal for the Browns. This, this, uh, this road trip, all of it at this point is, uh, is it really, you know, I keep saying it, but they really have to take it week by week and, and adjust as we go here to try to see what kind of, uh, ceiling can be achieved here, Jake. So, um, but. Yeah, it seems like they're doing that. Uh, Here, You ready? Let's do this. Parlay. So, just to lead you kind of where we're going with the parlay this week, uh, Broncos are the worst team in the league against tight ends. They're giving up 72.2 per game, 6.3 receptions per game. They've given up 5 plus receptions in eight straight games Uh, in DTR's first start. He had seven targets to Njoku, six caught in his second start. He had 15 targets to Njoku, seven caught. You can see where I'm going here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seems like a safety blanket. So we're going to go straight to Njoku for the first two legs of this thing, over 42 and a half receiving yards, over four and a half receptions. So that's one and two of your parlay this week. You like that, Jake? I
0: love it. I love it. There's a comfort here of, Getting the football out quick, tying that to David, I don't see it stopping. I do think Denver's going to be very aware of it, but yeah. they can still be creative with how they use him to give him chances to catch the football still. So I think if you're if you're trying to map this all out, it makes plenty of sense to still think David will be a huge part of
1: what they do this week. Yep. And uh, they've certainly had their troubles even up to last week with the tight end, so... Uh, as Hawkinson had a day, good day against him uh, last yep. Sunday night. So uh, third leg, we're going to go, this number feels, I mean, with these totals, Jake, every week, with these totals in the 30s, all these numbers are so watered down sometimes, and it's just about picking the one that... I guess you feel best about I think two and a half receptions to Elijah Moore seems insane with the usage he's been getting. So I think that's where we go here over two and a half catches. So just three catches for Elijah Moore gets that done. Um, Brown's got to run run the ball on this one. And so I think Jerome Ford, I watered down his number a little bit here to 40 yards. So I feel like that's Pretty much easy, easy easy-peasy there, over 40 Mm -hmm. yards rushing. Jerome Ford, feel like he should get it. And uh, to cap things off here on this one, they have brought back our uh, D-hop field goals uh, in the same game parlay. They knew we needed a break.
0: They brought it for us. Yes, they did. We appreciate that.
1: Yes, please, on the over uh, 1.5 D-hop field goals. That gets you to uh, plus 1,100. Uh there's a step up bonus that'll get you to about plus 1540 so $10 wins you uh 164 154 pro- profit there on the uh the official uh game day preview parlay. There you love go. Love
0: it. I love it. Great stuff. Take advantage of that. Put some money in your pocket. You feel good about it. You're not risking that much. Even if you don't win, it's you know, it's pizza money, like we say. You don't have to throw away too much money here to Yeah to try to make some money on on some things that have been hitting for us most often. So right on. Do it up. Take advantage. All right, Brad, I don't think we need to go too deep into this. Like I I really don't think the formula is difficult. I'll let you hit lead off. You tell me everything you think the Browns need to do to win this football game, and then I will will come in with with anything I think you maybe don't get to because I, I really see this as pretty simple. Go ahead with your thoughts.
1: Yeah, this is kind of like the um, the meme, the Spider-Man meme a little bit with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other a little bit. Uh, so their path to winning is very similar. Uh, it's uh, very similar to last week with the Steelers game. Uh, the Denver wants to... They are uh, fifth in takeaways uh, or uh, pos- positive uh, on the positive side of the... Ledger there with, I think, plus five, but they're fifth in the um, NFL in turnover margin. I apologize. They have been relying on time of possession, complimentary football, uh, run game, some changes on defense, uh, and uh, their defense is actually much better than advertised coming in. So I think, you know, listen, I think the Browns can run the ball against them. They have to. They better be able to, right? So I think they will uh, have no problem. Uh, turning around and handing it off a good deal uh, and playing into this kind of a game um, where can you be more physical? Can you run the ball more? Can you get some easy throws for DTR? Um, And uh, off of that, relying on your defense to win you this game, really, right? Like I just feel like that's the the game script here because the Browns have the better defense and I don't think there's a big edge on the other side. I think the thing you need to guard against is probably their wide receivers are pretty talented and athletic as we saw at the end of the Sunday night game where uh Cortland Sutton goes up, and Moss is a uh, guy in the end zone, pretty amazing play to pull out the victory, and you're going to have Mike Ford out there instead of Denzel Ward, uh, you know, in the nickel probably, or out, out there guarding one of these guys sometimes. So, uh, but I think Schwartz will have things schemed up and ready to go, and I think you want to play into this time possession complimentary football game and just be better at it. I think the Browns can be better at playing this style of game and finding a way to win late uh, and like they were last week. That's the Steelers. uh, That's their script, right? But the Browns beat them at their own game last week. I think it's very much the same thing this week. You got to be able to run the ball and you got to be good on defense. Uh, Play complimentary football. Don't be afraid to punt it. And uh, take your opportunities when they're there.
0: It's right, man. No chunk plays. No explosives. You create an explosive or two somehow, some way, right? Halfback pass, something funky. They could use a trick play that works. I uh, yeah. could use a screen game uptick. To your point, Brad, they cannot have another week repeated where they can't run the rock and they're just forcing DTR to throw 44 times. Can't do it. Can't. That is a horrible formula for them. So running the ball and kind of you know manifesting your game plan off of being able to do that a little bit, and especially gun run light boxes. Denver struggles. Watch the Bills game. Bills do not have some great offensive line. We all know the Bills are were broken during that game at times, and were able to run the ball really well between the tackles. If there's a spot Denver is weak, and I talked to you know a Broncos guest about this, yeah, um, they they don't have great depth uh, in their in their in their front play, so they struggle. To, to stop the run. They've been better, put themselves in better situations, but they struggle to stop it. So the Browns have to be better at that this week and kind of manipulate their game plan off of being able to do that, to give themselves more opportunities to sit in the pocket and throw it, play action, whatever, whatever. However, you get that time in the pocket to let some downfield stuff develop. They were very afraid of doing that last week. You cannot be afraid of doing that this week. It just can't. You have to throw it downfield a little bit, but yeah. you also have to be very calculated because to your point, Brad, and what everybody's talking about here. The reason Denver's winning ball games are taking the football away. Five times from yep. the Chiefs, three times from the Bills. This is the formula for them, right? Multiple times, early Josh Dobbs fumble against the Vikings, leading to points, like meaningful takeaways, leaning to points. And they're not winning these games in blowout fashion. I mean, the Chiefs, they did no. because they, they received five turnovers. And again, I'm, the Chiefs' offenses, as we've seen on national TV, people want to believe the Chiefs are the offense they've had in years past. It's not. It's they're a not. very fractured group right now. So – uh, most people have been able to run it on them. The only team that hasn't is the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs are still trying to figure out, fix damaged parts of their offense in the passing game because they know how they have to get that figured out before the playoffs. So, If most teams are able to run it on them and run it really well, you have to be able to do the same thing. Take care of the ball, run it well, hit some timely throws and do what you do on defense. Continue to show up in the big moments, restrict life on Russell Wilson, get after him, make his life an absolute headache. You're beat up in the secondary, so get after him with the The front group to make the secondary their burden a little less worrisome right yeah absolutely and i think that's the formula here you know play uh, opportunistic football but but i think above all else man i keep looking at how denver's winning josh allen puts a ball on the ground on a handoff you know josh allen throws into a corner in a in a a late half moment that gives denver three more points it ultimately wins them the game and you gotta you gotta keep Cortland sutton from making hero plays which is which has been a large part of their offensive success is exactly that. And Russell Wilson in a very low A dot average distance of target hitting a lot of check down running backs. So, you know, you, you want to drop coverage often, but you have to have eyes on late release running backs and tight ends where they try to chip away at you. The, the the Broncos are a pretty good first down team. And if you can 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 make their first down life chaotic, then making those and again, this is the Browns formula too, right? Browns want to be good on first down to make their second and third downs easier. Uh, teams like the Browns and Denver don't have a great downfield passing game. This is what you have to do. So I think that wh- who wins this game, Brad, watch first downs, both sides of the ball. Who's winning first yep. down, who's winning early downs to create easier third downs. That's the secret. So again, you made a great point though. This is the formula the Browns have been using. They're comfortable in this world. This is who they yep. are. The Broncos are kind of, but they've relied on takeaways, which you cannot always predict takeaways are going to happen. So the 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 point here is and again you stated it very well, two teams playing a similar brand of ball who are just going to be a movable force and um all of that stuff ramming into each other. Can they can they which which team's going to yield, right? Which team's going to yield? So I trust the Browns defense more than I trust the Denver defense. Yeah. And I think that that ultimately is why lean Browns and pick them this week that I trust that defense even without Denzel um, and we'll see what the game day inactives look like. But I, I just I feel more confident in their ability to be who they have been. And I think if Denver isn't able to steal the football away from people, and the Browns are able to make, kick field goals. Right. You know, kick three, four field goals and score a touchdown. It's enough to win. It's enough to win. So, yeah, the hope here is that they put themselves in those positions. They take care of the football and they run it in control. What's the what's the biggest formula for the Browns? 20 more plays on offense. It's yep. about what they've been doing. In about seven to ten minutes more of possession. So if you see that in the you're getting in the fourth quarter and you're like, oh man, Browns are sixty plays to forty plays. This is the formula. That's the world sure they live they in. Want to so be. that's yep. right where they want to be. So let's hope they can put that game plan together and make it roll, man.
1: Yeah, to your point, Sutton eight touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, he will, you know, he's a threat. You got, you can't let him get down. And they, how they got down there in the Sunday night game was literally to your point, check down after check down to Samaj P. Ryan. Yep. Uh, so. You just, you know, I don't see the Browns uh, getting exploited that way. So um, I I think this is a – I'm hoping that, you know, maybe some scripted stuff really gets the Browns out in front and they can play from in front, and that would be a big deal for this game too.
0: Very much agree. Very much agree. So let's hope they they attack that formula. They they do some of the things they did last week with taking care of the football. Hopefully the Browns can get a turnover or two on defense because they did not find a turnover last week and reap the benefits of that but yeah this is like i said this is a brand of ball that they're comfortable playing they've been in these games this is the the week by week prep they've lived this will so this will feel no different to them than any other week that they have put together now some other teams that might be a little fancier on offense there's other formulas i think throughout the rest of the schedule we'll talk about that could give them trouble but this is a way in which they should be comfortable playing and i expect them to be if they're able to navigate the altitude and the crowd and all of that this is DTR's first road game. you got to remember that. So he's going to have to deal with the silent count and all that comes with it. And it yep. can get raucous up in Denver. It can be very loud. Absolutely. So we will see how he navigates that. They did not elevate Joe Flacco. So it's it's certainly, it is DTR and it is, it is PJ Walker for this one. <laughs> so we'll see how they're able to navigate. It's a big moment. It's a big test. Let's see how they rise up to it. I'm fascinated with it, Brad.
1: Me too. But, uh, it, it didn't look for a long time like this was going to be a really good game, and it's turned into what uh, is a very, uh, you know, attractive game for uh, NFL fans. Very much agree. So let's
0: hope the Browns take care of business. That's a wrap for this episode. For myself, for Brad, we thank you for being here, sticking around, joining the OBR for this one, and continue to check out the OBR for all your content tomorrow leading up to the game inactives, thoughts around the game, and then obviously post-game write-ups multiple different people in a post game show as well so thanks for checking in today guys uh have a great sunday enjoy the one o'clock slate which is actually pretty ugly it's not many great games on that one o'clock slate (laughs) so hopefully you found your way to this podcast as a means of entertainment and we appreciate you for spending some time with us in um in, in any capacity listening to our show so thank you for that and we close with our usual go browns